It's draft season. We are scanning the mock drafts on today's Locked On 49ers. The three-rounder that has three picks for the San Francisco 49ers, Blake Freeland, uh, Henry To'o to to linebacker from Alabama, and an interesting cornerback, Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M, plus a pair of Iowa State edge rushers. Brock Purdy's former teammates. Could one of them end up a San Francisco 49ers? Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. I like this. This is fun, Croc. Scouting the mock drafts, and in, in there, there's not as many mock drafts out there that cover the 49ers pick. So you got to have one that goes at least three rounds to cover the San Francisco 49ers. And we did one today, another one today with three different prospects. And plus, we've got some uh, some listeners out there that are suggesting some prospects that we watch. So MJ Anderson of Iowa State was one. Will Anderson, his teammate, I want to talk a little bit, not Will Anderson, um, Will McDonald, his teammate, not to be confused with Alabama's Will Anderson, we'll talk about as well on today's episode. A couple of those edge rushers from Iowa State, Brock Purdy's former teammates there in the Big 12. Uh, let's start with the, with the uh, Jarrett, uh, J- uh, Jarrett Bailey's of Yahoo Sports is where this mock draft comes from, a three-round mock that has three picks for the 49ers, 99-101. And 102 overall. And a familiar name now for 49ers fans starts off this mock draft with BYU's offensive tackle, Blake Freeland. And I've watched a lot of Blake, Blake Freeland. He was my pick in a recent seven round San Francisco 49ers mock draft that we did. Uh, he's been a combine superstar, put up some really good numbers there. But I think is is Blake Freeland from seeing the BYU offensive tackle. It- First of all, I want to say shout out to us for coming up with this kind of structure of a show. Shout you know? out, yeah, yeah sh- shout out to us. You know who, who's doing that because it's easy to create our own mock drafts and surrounding the same players that most people hear about, or you hear other content creators, um, you know, putting out those guys as well, and it's like hyping different guys up. And I think this is cool, like just taking guys. I have no idea who some of these guys are. Or maybe I've heard of them. But uh, obviously, like Freeland, you know, heard of him. But being able to identify these guys and it really kind of, you know, mixed things up. It's been fun. But let's talk about Blake Freeland. All right. This is a guy who prior to this didn't watch anything on him. And right away, and I'm comparing him to Warren because we just talked about Warren in the previous show uh, talking about prospects to tackle. Carter Warren, if you didn't catch that episode, catch Tuesday's episode, Carter Warren was mocked to the 49ers. Same slot, 99 overall offensive tackle from Pitt. Right. So I'm comparing the, the two guys, and right away it was very clear. Freeland would be my choice. I think he moved extremely well out in space. I, I mean, uh, pulling, getting to the second level, everything looks so fluid. I mean, passing things off and then uh, coming back out, like the anchor looked good. You know, now he, he played against Boise State in the game I watched. So, again, almost like uh, Carter against West Virginia, 
you know, do they have any draftable edge players that he's going up against on a consistent basis? Maybe not. But just in the sense of what you want to see, especially from a movement skill standpoint with what Kyle Shanahan looks for in his uh, office alignment and especially tackles, man, I thought I thought he was really good. So it was fun putting on this film, watching, and then just seeing the differences between him and Carter Warren. It's funny because he's kind of got a little bit of a bad body. And you see him move well, so you know he's going to do well at the combine. But if you just saw him standing there, didn't see him moving, you would say, this guy kind of looks like a goon. I'm not sure if he's going to move all that well. And because he's kind of got skinny legs and a little bit top heavy, even though he's 6'8 and 302 pounds at the combine. So he is tall. He, he looked tall on film. Yeah, six, he, uh, he so combine measurements for Blake Freeland were uh, six foot seven and seven eight. So just a hair under six foot eight, 302 pounds, which is pretty slim for someone who's just under six eight. Long arms, just under 34 inch arms. Uh, but he ran sub five at the combine at that height. So a 4.9840, a one state 10 yard split. Both of those were fastest, I believe, or pretty close to t- the 10 yard split was fastest among offensive tackles at the combine 498 i think broderick jones first round tackle out of georgia 497 so very close so uh, just about the fastest 40 yard dash time as well for for blake freeland i think it broke the combine record for offensive tackles vertical jump 37 inch vertical for blake freeland 10 foot broad jump those were both best in the class uh pretty good short shuttle as well 472 and 746 three cone i'm not mistaken was at or near the top for uh, offensive tackles as well. So just blew up the combine Blake Freeland did. And you see the athleticism on yeah. him. He's out of his stance and he can move quickly. And I, I, the, it's it's crazy because there's no other better comp for Blake Freeland than the guy who just left the 49ers in free agency in, in Mike McGlitch. Right. When you said how tall he was, again, I, I don't know. I, I really like, especially these guys I haven't heard of, I really like to go into the film study not knowing anything about them. I, I don't want any uh, prejudice uh, towards them based on his height because if I would have known that he was 6'8", the one thing I would be like really nitpicking is, you know, are guys bull rushing him? Are they getting under his pads? Are they knocking them back? Some of the things that we see might you have an issue with. But the fact that I watched the film and that did not seem to be an issue at all, again, against BYU, but I, think, I mean, excuse me, against Boise State, that, that's good. That's good on his part. He did look tall. So I, I thought he was a big guy. But then he moved so well. And, and those were the things that I uh, uh, recognized right away. Uh, better natural athlete than Warren. Works his second level very well. Moves extremely well. Can definitely pull in run game. Kyle would like him. I mean, like those were my initial just things that I'm seeing. And as I'm making my notes on on what he's doing and everything points to this being a Shanahan type office alignment. And just with that build, and you, you could see how he could potentially run into some more problems in the NFL that maybe he didn't run into in college. And I'm actually surprised because his tape was pretty good that he's not projected as higher than a third-round pick already just from the tape. And then he blows up the combine. Uh, and that's why in my mock draft, I actually had the 49ers moving up a dozen picks to go get him higher in the third round. I'm just not sure he's going to get to where the 49ers are. I think he's a great fit for the 49ers. Maybe even has an opportunity to stick at left tackle more than Mike McGlinchey did, who moved from left tackle to right tackle coming out of Notre Dame. Um, but NFL is a different game. So does he does he run into some problems with power? And it probably benefit him from being in an NFL weight room for a year. And he's three oh two right now, six almost six eight. 
you would like to see him at 320 pounds and maybe all 18 of those pounds going to his calves and his thighs, you know, just right. the, the lower half. Cause, cause he is built very top heavy, but he moves well. You would watching him play. I'm like, this guy's got to be a really good basketball basketball player too. Right. Cause first of all, you got 37 inch vertical, but just seeing him move, seeing how his springy is and getting out of his stance at, at that height is, is something that not a lot of guys can move like. And so being able to move in Kyle Shanahan's system, and he's got athletic athleticism to mirror guys in, in pass protection, really like Blake Freeland. And you can see why he's a really popular name for 49ers fans as it pertains to the 49ers. I think that our audience is going to probably get tired of me saying this as it pertains to the offensive linemen coming out. But the biggest indicator on success for offensive linemen is running a fast 40 time, even more so than four receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigma, receiver at Ohio State, they got time between a 4-4-A and like 4-5-3 hand time, right? So he might oh, be Oh, I didn't four. see that because Ohio State had their pro day today, right? Yeah. On Tuesday. What day is it? Wednesday. What day is it? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, they, they had, so he ran so he four put, four eight. Be, oh, that's a good time for him because his agilities were crazy in the combine. Well, yeah. So between four four eight and four five three, which essentially you know that's hand time, uh, laser time, he might be you know low to mid four fives, right? But it doesn't matter because man, the, like the agility is so great. And if you look at some of the best route runners in the league, they're actually the guys that are able to have more control over their speed, getting in and out of breaks, etc. Right? Like there's a few that they're just going to be good regardless, but. A lot of the best receivers, everybody loves Devontae Adams, four, five, six type guy, right? Um, Smith, not as fast, but as far as the 40 time for offensive linemen and that 10 yard split, when they are fast, that translates over more to being like a legit offensive lineman. So, again, he's missing something, and some of these guys, look, I don't know. I don't know why he's being mocked in the third round. Uh, what am I missing? Is there something that they're saying? Uh, they're getting the reports, some of these. Um, uh, uh, scouts when they're going in to talk to these colleges what are they hearing is there a work ethic issue I don't know but as far as on film he identifies as a Kyle Shanahan offensive lineman and Kyle you know, we notice they don't have to be the biggest they don't even have to be the strongest right like I, I want to see those maulers those guys knocking people at back pushing guys back driving them off the ball but Kyle is just can you just get in position to wall off guys and if you can find the guy that has the athleticism and be able to do that then you're pretty good on the 49ers yeah, you don't have to bury guys, but Kyle does like guys with the nasty attitude. So as long as the attitude's there and you're smart and tough, and then you can wall guys off and get to where you need to be in the run game, especially, and you know you're not a problem in the passing game, then yeah, you're a Kyle Shanahan offensive lineman. Blake, Blake Freeland looks like that to me out of BYU. Question is for me now: Would he be at pick 99? And uh, off, a lot of teams need a lot of offense tackles, but it's, it's a deep position in this class. So we'll see where Blake Freeland ends up going. Uh, but I think gets both of our stamps of approval for the 49ers there. In round three. Next crock. We got Jalen Jones, Texas AM corner. We've got, or is he a corner? And we've got uh Henry To'o To'o, who is a linebacker out of Alabama, and then a pair of edge rushers that were requested that we watch some tape on out of Iowa State. Brock Purdy's former teammates coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And it's tourney time, and tournament time is the perfect time bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win for new FanDuel customers. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, money line, point scorers, threes, drain, tons of prop bets on all these tournament games. Of course, uh, tons of ways to bet the NBA, NHL that are getting close to playoff time there. Major League Baseball is coming. 
Combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet for new subscribers. $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Croc, we got Jalen Jones. He is a cornerback from Texas A&M. And I have a comp, a former 49er, Jalen Jones, but you are the corner expert. I want to hear you talk about Jalen Jones first, the 6'2", 200-pound corner out of Texas A&M. Hmm. Didn't know he was 6'2", 200 pounds. So, again, when I go into watching these guys, I, I, I try not to know their height, weight, speed. I just want to know, like, how do they play? Like, does he play at that size? Um, you know, as an offensive lineman, do they, you know, what do they do well? Like, those are the things I'm trying to identify. So you could tell he was big, though, right? You could tell he, this is a big corner and he plays with some level of physicality. So physicality. All right. That, that's the thing that jumped off the board. And all 22, I have like three or four uh, Texas A&M games the all 22 film and i really like to watch that because i get to see what guys are doing away from the ball so you kind of get to know what's more consistent as opposed to like watching the youtube cut up which sometimes the corners are cut out the screen sometimes the safeties you can't even see them all right but um first note on jalen jones physical tackle unconscious versus mississippi state so he comes out, he does an amazing job of uh, disengaging from a block, slices in there, and just throws his body in there. And just, boom! I mean, just no leak yardage, as uh, shout to Robert Sala. He used to say that, leak yardage. No leak yardage, just slices in there, boom, takes down the receiver on the screen, and then he's not moving. So he didn't play the rest of that game. And then I look for some Wait, other games, but it was like, oh, the oh. corner, or the, he knocked out the receiver, he knocked himself out? He knocked himself out. Oh, no. <laughs> When you said unconscious, I thought you meant he was just playing. He was like in his zone. No, he unconscious, like sleep. <laughs> like he, yeah, he was out. He was out. Dude, I will say, I I noticed that I, he might get flagged up a little bit in the NFL. He's leading with his head a, a couple times, coming coming for a big knockout hit, but not afraid to hit for a corner, which is the the first thing absolutely that jumped out to me. All right. So I have seen limited uh, stuff on him, but I did put on another game, and another thing jumped out to me. Physical again, like just the physicality is there. So I like that you kind of brought that up. And but just so y'all know, we, we don't discuss these prospects in our notes with each other on these guys. So the, the fact that I physicality was the first note for me, and that's the first thing that came out of Peacock's mouth, like that isn't uh, him picking my brain or me picking his brain. Like that's just our independent thoughts. All right. Uh, but once again, physicality, that jumped out. The, the thing I put a question mark on is, Long speed. So I just put long speed, question mark. Uh, uh, one of these teams, I think it was Miami. They threw a fade route on them. And my judgment on speed, again, I don't know it's 40 yards. I, I didn't want to look at it before the podcast or anything like that. So uh, my judge is just how effortlessly do they run with receivers? You know, is he struggling to keep up? Does he look kind of sluggish in his turn and run? Like those are the things I'm trying to identify. And for him... I, I wasn't able to quite get a gauge. It didn't look like somebody that just is naturally fast. So earlier you said corner safety, maybe. And I don't know exactly why you said that, but if there is a lack of long speed there and I don't know how he tested, I could see how you could come to that conclusion. 
uh, I, I see uh, it was clear as day to me watching him. And I watched a couple of games, and he is 100, 1,000% a safety in the NFL. That's mm. what I saw. I saw maybe a cover three corner, but 6'2", 200 pounds. Let, let me go through his height, weight, speed here real quick for you So now that you've seen it. By the way, Junior, early entry coming out. Uh, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, exactly same height weight as the guy we watched on Tuesday um, out of out of Florida, right? 6'2", 200 pounds. It was kind of a similar scouting report in some ways but between those two guys. 6'2", 200 pounds, not the longest of arms for how tall he is, 30 and three-quarter inch Damn arm short. length. At the combine, he did everything, which is really cool. So we get to we, we have all his timing numbers. He ran a 4.57 40-yard dash, but his agilities were really good. So 40-yard dash kind of – one four eight ten yard split is really good. Thirty eight inch vertical, ten two broad jump, and then a really solid six eight eight three cone, four three zero twenty yard shuttle, and then fourteen bench press reps. Um, so, I, I saw a guy who was instant closing on the run, not afraid to hit guys, even coming with cruel intentions when he was hitting guys in the run game. Um, I saw a guy who was, and I don't know if you saw. He was much better off coverage than press. And you would think he'd be better in press because he's a bigger guy, 6'2". I feel like he got ditched every single time I saw him up on somebody with with press and, and the receiver got a really good release on him. So I didn't like seeing that. So I don't know if he's uh, – to, to me, I just saw, well, he's good off the ball. Maybe cover two corner with not the best speed and he's got some length to him. But to be honest with you, I saw a pure 100% safety when I watched him play. With the way he plays, the way he comes downhill against the run, uh, he's not super sticky in coverage, but he can cover a little bit. But but he's rangy enough and, and showed enough speed to play safety, maybe not run with guys in the NFL on the outside at corner. So I, I'm 100% on board with Jalen Jones. I liked what I saw from him. I don't think he's a third-round corner. I think he's a day-three safety conversion. That's what I saw. And my comp for him is a, is a guy who's close to your heart, Croc. Could you guess who my comp is for Jalen Jones? Think about a former 49er who was a corner in college, not afraid to light anybody up that was ended up being a safety in the NFL. J- Jimmy Ward? Who? Deshaun Goldson. Oh, yeah. Hawk. Let's go. Hey, same size pretty much, right? Uh, Deshaun Goldson was like 6'2", 205. Coming out of Washington, he was kind of this corner, uh, hybrid, like safety, uh, coming into the NFL, had to work his way up through the ranks of special teams, but ended up being a damn good safety for the 49ers. And with the with the NFL going back to a lot more quarters looks, and that's what, you know, Deshaun Goldson, he was really good in that quarters defense. You know, maybe this could be a quarter safety where he kind of reads some things. You can still kind of drop him back and do some things. But when he has that lateral movement ability, I think that about very well for him. Just having that type of movement ability, explosive ability with the the big broad jump, uh, nice vertical jump, those things. But just lacks that pure uh, deep speed. Now, speed, yeah. it wouldn't be as much of an issue depending on the, the scheme that you go to. And Richard Sherman, he, he ran a similar 40-yard dash time at the combine. The, the difference, and I don't even want to say the difference, but what we know of Rich Sherman, extremely smart, understood exactly, he was a student of the game, understood exactly how to use all his leverages, and understood what his strengths and his weaknesses were, and how to play around that. And and on top of that, be a step ahead mentally, because he understands like the concepts, right? So if you are going to be a four five seven guy, at the cornerback position, and again, you think he's at safety, but at the corner position, 
you you better be like lights out on the other end of things when it comes to the mental aspect of it. And if you're not, then that's when you can get in trouble because it's really hard, and I can attest to this, to play lights out coverage, uh, sticky coverage skills in the NFL while not being the fastest. Because in the back of your head, is you're like, I have to keep up with this guy. But if you understand concepts, then you can play a step ahead, really kind of understanding what these teams are trying to do to you. And unlike Eric Crocker's scouting report, Jalen Jones willing to tackle. So uh, that, that's what separates the two. Yes. No. Uh, I'll have to light somebody up. I, I've seen some of the, the Saber Cats clips too. A good with the ball skills too. Like Crocker yeah. really just bucking all the transfer. That's why when everybody says, oh, if they, if they could catch, they'd be playing receiver. It was like, that, that's not necessarily the case. How'd you not play more receiver? Because you got the ball skills and you got the size. Um, because in 2005, when I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to play cornerback, there weren't a lot of the big corners. So I thought going to camps or, you know, trying to get recruited at that time, which I wasn't even getting recruited, but I felt like as a big corner, I stood out more because there weren't a lot of guys like me. So all the corners on our team, they were these, you know, 5'10", 5'9", you know, at, at my junior college. And then that was kind of when Antonio Camardi started coming into the NFL right around that time. Uh, you know, he was a big corner. Then, you know, shortly after that, Richard Sherman, especially when I was gearing up to get to the NFL, you know, the, the Richard Sherman and the Browners, and it was popular. But it was more so about, well, there's already not a lot of guys playing cornerback. If you go to a camp, it's like 100 receivers and 25 DBs. And then yeah. if I could stand out even more by being the bigger one of the group, you know, now I kind of put myself in my own little category. So that was kind of the way I saw it. Had nothing to do with catching the ability, as most people think. Smart. Crocs, Crocs got a, a, a head on his shoulders, too, which which absolutely sets him apart from most corners. Um, yeah. Let's go <laughs> Henry. Henry To'o, To'o, linebacker from Alabama next. And talk edge rushers out of Iowa State. Do you want to thank everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here? Make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. And for your second listen, how about Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, the, the newest show, an, an old and new show with the Draft Dudes on the Locked On Podcast Network. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, both friends of this program, uh, they do a great job. And talking about NFL team building Monday through Friday, you can find it on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, the third and final pick from this mock draft is Alabama linebacker Henry To'o To'o, and uh, he's sort of that you know athletic, smaller linebacker that the 49ers have leaned to recently. Local and, guy. Uh, is he a local guy? I didn't look at his background. From Concord, California. Oh, okay. We got a Bay Area guy, too, here. Uh, went to Tennessee and then transferred to Alabama. 6'1", 227. He ran a 4.62 at the combine, so he's got some athleticism, not off the charts athleticism, but you know, Alabama knows how to coach themselves up some linebackers. John are uh, have, have gotten over the whole Reuben Foster thing and are ready to go back to the well with an Alabama linebacker. Henry To'o To'o. Uh, I gotta be honest, Croc. I think I maybe expected a little bit more from this Alabama linebacker because his name was familiar, but I hadn't really watched a lot of him closely. And I saw a linebacker that was good. He was athletic. He was a little bit too willing to be like the second guy to the party, though. Whenever there there was a, a tackle being made, he was kind of the, he was always the second guy there, but rarely the first guy there. I think that 
easiest way to describe him for some of you who have not watched him is he plays exactly how you think he would play at the size that he's at. Mm -hmm. So if you can think of, man, what does it look like for a linebacker to be 6'1", 227 pounds? Like in your head, like what are you envisioning? That's exactly what he is. He's a guy I thought struggled to be a stack linebacker, right? To disengage off of blocks. Uh, sometimes he'd pick a side and get washed out of there. Uh, didn't think he was strong at the point of attack at all. They would do different things with blitzing and things like that. But where he, I thought he shined was, man, the pursuit and his ability to kind of chase guys down or in coverage. I thought he was uh, really good there, being able to kind of turn and run and wall off guys or uh, kind of drop to his zone and then the pursuit out of there. I thought he did all of those things well. So if you're looking for someone, kind of like what the 49ers have had, right, with guys like Drake Greenlaw. Like Greenlaw was not a big guy coming he, out of – He's a similar guy to Greenlaw. I remember watching Greenlaw coming out of Arkansas. Uh, wait, Arkansas, right? Yeah. Drake Greenlaw, yeah. And he he didn't want to take on a block at all. And I was like, I don't know if this guy's going to last in the NFL because he's running around every single block. Uh, and they've kind of coached that out of him a little bit. And sometimes he gets himself a little bit out of position, gets a little reckless. But uh, it's a pretty good comp for what Henry Toto is, is, is Drake Greenlaw, that style of linebacker. And I think with Greenlaw, Green, Greenlaw ran slower too. So I think that that hurt him, right? Like he ran the four seven or something like that. And it was really weird because everybody's like, oh no, he plays faster. But there was something going on, whether maybe recovering from an injury. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there were some discrepancies with his 40 time, but it ended up being like a four seven or something like that. Yeah. And I remember after the draft, the 49ers talked about how they had a really fast GPS time on him. That's so, what it was. So he they had a fast GPS time on him, but slow. But he had a slow 40, which helped him fall a little bit into the draft to the fifth round where the 49ers got him. A uh, good player. I like him. I, I don't know if I'd be doing, I'd be jumping for joy with him at the end of the third round, but I think it's probably right around the right spot for him around pick 100 to one, you know, maybe into the fourth round a little bit. I could see him going a little bit higher even, uh, you know, he's, he's a modern day linebacker. I would like to see a little bit more thump from him at times, but uh, seems like a good heady player. seems like just kind of a solid player with some athleticism. And, um, you know, you've got to be a high-level player if you're going to be playing for Nick Saban in Alabama. Very fluid. And he was a guy at Tennessee. He, he didn't transfer because it's like, oh, well, I'm sitting behind this guy. And uh, do I want to keep sitting behind him or can I transfer somewhere else? And, oh, let me just transfer to Alabama. Like, no, he was a guy at Tennessee. He was their best player. And if you remember a couple years ago, like, Tennessee was not good. They were not a good program. So he left before they kind of got good. You see what they were this year. And then stayed a couple years at Alabama, uh, and he was an instant starter from the day he showed up. Like he was a starter, uh, starting that linebacker for them. So uh, very fluid athlete, very fluid athlete. It's it just uh, not strong at the point of attack. I, I thought that's where he kind of lacked the, mm -hmm. the most. And if you are a team that plays this penetrating style of defense and can keep the linebackers free, then he can fit and what you try to do, especially from a coverage standpoint. He reminds me a little bit of uh, N'Kobe Dean last year, who people were talking about as like a first-round guy and kind of fell a little bit. There was a, an injury situation with him, I think, that helped him fall a little bit. But, you know, yeah, under shoulder injury, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a little undersized guy, but modern-day linebacker, and uh, he's going to play in the NFL. It's a matter of where his draft stock is, where he gets taken. 49ers have a need at linebacker. Do they go to that need? with one of those three third round picks is a question. So yeah, player I liked um, didn't blow me away, but, but clearly he's going to be an NFL guy. 
he he blew me away in the sense of just how fluid he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was twitched up. He he was he was twitched up, and like the turn and run and like all those things, it looked really good. A lot of times you see linebackers who are athletic in space, but still kind of stiff. And he was kind of borderline. You know, Fred Warner with the movement skills. I'm not saying he's Fred Warner, but just Fred Warner is one of the most freakish, fluid athletes at the linebacker position. You you don't, they're usually a little stiffer. Like think of Bowman and Patrick Willis. Willis ran 4-3 or whatever the heck Patrick Willis ran. But yeah. he was a little more stiff, right? It was like he can go one direction, then kind of downhill. He can get there in a hurry, but it it was still was a little a little boxy with everything. Him and Bowman. Mm-hmm. This guy is more like, he has more of the movement skills of a Warner, and he's definitely someone that you would like in coverage. So in the NFL right now, and 49ers, I mean, they pride themselves to being really stout and strong up front, and maybe these, one of these other guys that we're about to talk to talk about in a second kind of help with that. But again, if you could just keep him clean, then you'll, you'll really like him. But if you're asking him to take on uh, pulling linemen at the next level, then that's where he can get in a little bit of trouble. How about the Iowa State defensive end? Uh, shout out to one of our listeners who asked us to look at MJ Anderson, the, the number two defensive end at Iowa State. There's another guy, Will McDonald, who is most likely going to go well before the 49ers pick. Um, I, I watched a little bit of both of them, and it was harder to find video on uh, on MJ Anderson, so I had to watch some Will McDonald stuff and then take a look at at MJ Anderson in those videos. And there's a lot to like about both guys immediately Crocker. What, what jumps to my mind and I, I going back and watching Brock Purdy too, after he broke out with the 49ers, I remember watching a little Brock Purdy last year as well before the draft. And when it comes to those big 12 teams, it, I, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like watching it. I don't like the style of football that they play. And it's like, what is this crap? It's like, it doesn't translate very well. So I'm watching these games. I'm like, I'm watching Iowa State and Texas. I'm like, what is this 3-3-5 defense they're yeah. playing where they got dudes who are like stand-up outside linebacker size playing a five technique. And and uh, it's like they're, they're asking them to do things. It's just so hard to translate what we saw there to the NFL. And the ball comes out so fast. So you're not getting very many like, okay, I'm going to take a three-step drop, five-step drop, and I'm going to have time to have a normal pass rush plan and get there. It's just the plays happen so fast and everything is like mm-hmm. – the- play action, quick RPO, quick throws. The ball comes out so fast. So it makes scouting these guys a little bit more difficult, especially with that style of play that happens a lot in the in the college football game, which is why I don't like the college football game that much. It's not a, it's not a, it's not pleasant to watch and it makes it difficult trying to to scout a player and and trying to really have a good picture of how that player would transition in the NFL. My first note plays this three down look. Like three down defensive lineman look. <laughs> I'm like, kind yeah. of what is this? Because it's like, are yeah, so, you utilizing him as kind of like a three? Like, would he be a a a four a, a three four defensive end? Is that how you view him, or are you supposed to view him yeah. as a four three end? But he's not in any type of wide nine or uh, or outside of the tackle or anything like that. And rarely did you see him kind of rush from that position in the games that I watched. So uh, that was interesting. He's also kind of built more for something like that more so than will mcdonald like will mcdonald is tall really long and, I, and again i mean that's just what it looks like i, I don't know their measure his measurements or mj anderson's measurements but anderson was a little more wide body and i think he played to his how he looked so some yes. of my notes 
stout at the point of contact. Uh, he's definitely not a guy that I felt was getting pushed out of there, even though, you know, sometimes he'd get doubled because they only got three down linemen, but he'd stay pretty stout in there. Uh, I thought he had good hands as far as like as a pass rusher, strong one hand stab pass rush. So that shows some of that strength of being able to push guys back. Uh, but if you are looking for the second coming of D Ford, he is not that. He's not a bendy edge rusher. I saw him give one move on a guy against TCU. Nice kind of set him up, stab outside, spin back inside. Uh, didn't get a sack or anything like that, but you could see kind of a pressure. He kind of won instantly, but then like you said, the ball's just out a little too fast. But then the next play, uh, he lost contain in the run game and they just kind of went right around him. So uh, a little up and down there and still trying to figure out, okay, what does he hang his hat on? I think just being kind of more of a, a stout guy, in the run game, probably with the 49ers, where they want to maybe be a little bit bigger on the ends, could be a 4-3 in and base down situations for the 49ers, like that type of player. Yeah, and and that's what was difficult watching him because I don't think either either end on that team, Will McDonald or MJ Anderson, will play the anywhere near the position they played in the NFL. I think they're both pure edge rushers for the most part. And MJ Anderson, uh, who's going to go later, could potentially be you know someone who moves around a little bit just because he's, he's a little bit more stout, a little bit more stubby. First, real quick, Will McDonald, the, the, and I don't know, Will McDonald, he's 6'3 and a half, 239 he weighed in. At the 239? Combat. Wow. Neither one of them did any testing, by the way. So we don't have any testing numbers on them. We'll have to wait for the Ohio State or the Iowa State Pro Day. 239, but, huh? Yeah, he's, he, and you can tell he's, he's more linear and, and small, but that's why it's like frustrating watching them play their style of defense with three down linemen and a guy who's 240 pounds playing like a five-technique you know, end where he's like over the tackle or sometimes inside the tackle. So you had to kind of go through and find some plays where he's rushing from outside of the, the offensive tackle and get a better idea. And then you see some flexibility. He's got long arms, almost 35 inch arms. Will McDonald does. So he's going to go high, but still a lot of projection, I think with both of these players. So he could slip even maybe toward the third round. I don't think he would slip to where the 49ers are drafting in the third round. I just think he's, he's too athletic and, and I think his testing will be good, but he's not, everybody's cup of tea just because he's, you know, just under 6'4", 239. Uh, I think some teams are going to want a, a bigger player as an every down edge. And so we'll see what Will McDonald ends up looking like at his, at his, with his testing numbers at the pro day. But he could start to sniff somewhere near where the 49ers are, but doubt he gets that far. And, and who knows, he could he go end of round one just as easily as he could go at the top of round three, I think. But MJ Anderson is the one we're focusing on more because I think the 49ers will have an opportunity to draft him potentially on day three if they like him. And again, it's going to need some projection. 6'2 and 5'8, 269 pounds is what he weighs. Okay, so he fits like what I what I was seeing, kind of a boxy. Exactly. Uh, Everything you said, I saw all of that 100%. Probably. Okay. And look, sometimes I, we talked about this last year during draft season. The scouting part is not that hard. I, I think we get a lot of that right. I, I think it's knowing who the human being is and, and knowing how it, it transitions to the NFL and, and figuring that out is, is difficult. And one thing I loved about both those players, and MJ Anderson especially, is he was undersized, taking on bigger offensive linemen a lot. He had a motor, and he brought it every single play, and I loved seeing that. Um, yeah. I don't think he's a guy who's going to win the edge a lot, but he brought some power sometimes. And I saw that one hand stab that you talked about. He brings some, uh, some push with a bull run occasionally. He's got longish arms, even though he's not that tall, 33 and five eighths inch 
arm length. So uh, he has some length, even though he's only 6'2 and 269 and built a little bit more stubby. And maybe you could see him come inside and rush a little bit. But so many times, Croc, you talked about he ends up double teamed and it's just like he just gets washed out. It's like he just a surfer hitting a, a, this huge wave because he's not the biggest guy. And you've got three rushers going against five offensive linemen. And eventually you're just going to have an extra offensive lineman trying to block you. So he's trying to get through and he just gets blocked so much. And so it made it really difficult to, to scout these guys and really have a clear picture of what they're going to look like in the, in the NFL. But I like the motor and uh, I like that they both had some level of athleticism that looked like they could play in the league. Yeah. McDonald probably going to go before the Niners pick, but MJ Anderson, I could see him anywhere on day three, you know, that five to seven round range where the 49ers are picking. Uh, I got, I got another comp for you for, for MJ Anderson. Tell me if this is what you saw when you watched him. How about, how about X 49er Ronald Blair? I like it. Uh, now Ronald Blair was a, 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 a hyper productive defensive lineman. I want to say maybe in this conference, he won player of the year. Uh, playing for Appalachian State, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. Yeah. So, uh, but but it's in the sense of built, right? Kind of shorter, shorter, stubbier, yeah, strong. I, not I, a pure bendy guy. Now again, how how much would these guys benefit from playing in a wide nine, right? Like where it's like, hey, hey your lot. job, just get upfield, right? Because right now, when you watch them, especially having three down linemen, like that was not. The job. I, a matter of fact, I don't even know what it was. It was almost kind of a wait and see. Okay, let me get off the ball, probably take on this double, but is it a run? Is it a pass? And then now let me work from there. And the 49ers are going to be like, dude, I don't give a damn about any of that. Just get upfield. <laughs> you know? Yo. Just being able to be an end and rush from outside the tackles more often will be highly beneficial for both those players. So interesting player, MJ Anderson. I, I didn't know what to expect when I watched him. And Ronald Blair was more of an interior guy, I think, than MJ Anderson will be. And I think he was a little bit bigger, but similar, like stubby sort of a player. And and even Ronald Blair, when he played defensive tackle or, you know, sort of three, four end was a little bit of an undersized, shorter guy. And, and, and the way he was used at Iowa State, MJ Anderson, that was really one of the players he reminded me of. And when I use these comps, these aren't exact comps, but it's just sort of stylistically how you can kind of like picture a guy and picture how they're built and picture how they win and stuff. So um, that's the first guy that jumped out to me was Ronald Blair for, for MJ Anderson. He's a little bit lighter, more more pure edge, I think, though, than uh, than Ronald Blair was. Um, and also, breaking news right now as we're recording this at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time on uh, Wednesday evening, the 49ers signed Austin Bryant, defensive end. Uh, oh, yeah. He played for the Lions last year. So For the Lions last year, kind of lost his job and didn't have that many snaps for the Lions and teams up with his old teammate, Cleveland Farrell. They won a championship together in college football. He was the other edge and, and a different guy, a little bit lighter, little bit more of a, a speed edge rusher and uh, there was rumors earlier today that I saw that the 49ers were talking with him so Austin Bryant newest 49er it's going to be a short probably cheap deal so uh, I like it that means uh, he's probably going to sign for for 10 million dollars next year but not with the 49ers unfortunately we'll see how many years that that deal is for Austin Bryant the latest so there you go there's another edge added to the group and I like it because the 49ers need to go into the draft with maybe less obvious needs even though I think some of the signings they've made, I don't, I don't think they would pass on an edge, right? I don't think they would pass on. Um, a, a I think you could pass on the edge in the third round, though. Like, well, it depends. Well, we're there. not talking about it. Just two top fifteen pick. That's just too important. If the right guy's there and he's 
higher on your board than everybody else, you, you're not going to pass on him just because you signed a guy who might not be on your roster. He might not make the roster, Austin Bryant. You know, he might be around for a few years. Who knows? But I don't think you're passing on a guy because you added some depth to the end of your roster. But you need to make sure you don't you're not you don't feel forced to go get an edge either. So I like that. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Check out Locked On NFL as well. Of course, make sure you're subscribed up to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show daily, covering the entire league right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I, back tomorrow, Locked On 49ers.